You're listening to the Talking Rheumatology Spotlight podcast, brought to you by the British Society for Rheumatology. Hello and welcome to this Talking Rheumatology Spotlight podcast series. Today we're going to be talking about the use of musculoskeletal ultrasound in paediatric rheumatology. My name is Dermot McLaughlin. I'm a paediatric rheumatology trainee based at the Great North Children's Hospital in Newcastle. And today I'm joined by both Dr. Madeleine Rooney and Dr. Dervalyn McKenna, consultants in paediatric rheumatology based in Musgrave Park Hospital, Belfast. Thank you both very much for joining me today. So to start off for questions today, um, Dr. Rooney, would you like to talk us through what is the role of musculoskeletal ultrasound in children? I'm probably a bit biased answering this question, but I personally think it is an absolutely essential role in the diagnosis and management of musculoskeletal disease in children. In the days before we had ultrasound, we were entirely dependent on our clinical evaluation. And I think there's very few areas of medicine where clinicians would be solely reliant on clinical examination to diagnose their diseases. Certainly before I uh, undertook musculoskeletal ultrasound, and I've been doing it now for over 20 years, um, I thought I knew when a child had an inflamed joint. But since using ultrasound, I know now I know that in certain areas we're underdiagnosing disease and in other areas we're overdiagnosing disease. So I think it's a really valuable tool in both the diagnosis and management and also in the reassurance of patients, being able to give parents reassurance when their child does not have inflammation in a joint when they think they do. And it's also very useful in the treatment. So, for example, uh, intraarticular steroid injection, doing it blindly, um, often you're not hitting the right part of the joint space. So ultrasound really helps in doing undertaking guided ultrasound injections. That's fantastic. Um... So particularly useful in, in guiding management, ruling out active disease and then helping us with um, uh, joint steroid injections as well. And I suppose going along with that, often hear of limitations, the negative aspects of ultrasound in children. Uh, what would you say about those? Uh, personally, I think if you if you are skilled in undertaking uh, ultrasound, there are very few negative aspects. There are certainly joints that do not uh, lend themselves well to ultrasound, for example, the subtalar joint, although you can get information on that. Um, And the hip joint, sometimes if they've got posterior disease, which in my experience is fairly rare, you can't scan the neck and you can't scan the TMJ joint with any accuracy, certainly in my hands. But I think overall, the the positive aspects of it outweigh the negative. Uh, I think one of the important things though, that you need to know what you're doing so you have to be trained in musculoskeletal ultrasound. You just can't lift up a probe, look at a few pictures and think you know it. And certainly joints in children are very, very different to joints in adults. And certainly um, if someone's used looking at an adult joint and they then go and uh, scan a child's joint, if they're not careful, they can overdiagnose disease because of the, the massive amount of cartilaginous tissue there is in a child's joints. So uh, knowing what you're looking for, knowing your anatomy, uh, and having a good skill set, I think overall the benefits far outweigh the the um, drawbacks. Have you any particular areas that you think people feel negative about musculoskeletal ultrasound? 
I think a big one that might come to mind is a, a time factor. We're already under increasing pressure in our clinics and clinical domains generally. So if we don't have that experience or have learned that skill and um, before coming in, perhaps to consultant posts, it, it could be difficult to grasp that and to make the time for that. Would you have any suggestions about how we might navigate to work around that as an issue? I, I think the first thing is to have a group of colleagues, if you can, that you scan together. It's quite a difficult thing. It can be a lonely furrow to try and do it on your own. Certainly in, in my time, I did it with some adult colleagues way back in the day when musculoskeletal ultrasound was in its infancy and the images were not great. So you do have to practice perhaps outside the clinic. But like everything else in life, the more you do it, the quicker that you get at it. We use ultrasound in every single clinic. Uh, and it's part, I remember Walter Grassi saying to me many years ago that his ultrasound probe was like a stethoscope. And I remember thinking, no, I don't believe that. But it's absolutely true. I feel very uncomfortable now examining a joint without subsequently uh, scanning it. And you can become very quick. You don't need to do um, squillions of images. Uh, you can certainly, at a clinic level, scan a joint very quickly. It can take under 30 seconds to look at a knee joint to be comfortable that there's no effusion or things haven't changed or whatever. So yes, you're slow at the beginning. You perhaps need to do it outside the clinic setting and you need to practice. And I think most importantly, you need to know your anatomy. I'm always surprised when I look back at my own training, how little we were taught about musculoskeletal anatomy. I'm ashamed to say that. Uh, and certainly ultrasound made me go back and learn anatomy again. And once you know the anatomy of a joint, the resolution is so brilliant in ultrasounds now that it is very easy to uh, compare your findings with uh, images uh, in textbooks. So uh, you can very quick, and I would say, pick a couple of common joints, don't try and do everything. The common joints that are affected in children are knees and ankles. Uh, and the knee is certainly an, a very easy joint to start with. Uh, ankle a bit more complicated, but again, with practice, you can get there. And I would leave out complex joints like the shoulder, which are rarely involved with children and really do take some skills. So you can get a bit downhearted if you try to become uh, competent at the shoulder. So leave the shoulder out in the initial phases, concentrate on those common joints. And then the joints like fingers are very much like a knee, they're hinge joints. They kind of work in two planes. So again, once you get your eye in, they're fairly easy to scan for simple things like, is there an effusion in this joint or not? And if you've got a good machine, is there evidence of um, uh, increased vascularity showing synovitis using part Doppler? Thank you. That, that's really helpful and some useful practical tips for anyone getting started off in ultrasound. And you mentioned there some of your um, early beginnings in ultrasound, Dr. Renu. Would you like to talk us a little bit about how you got involved with ultrasound um, in the early days? Yeah, but when I returned to, to Northern Ireland just at the, the, the very end of, the of uh, 1999, the beginnings of the noughties, I was very fortunate that my adult colleagues uh, had started to show interest in ultrasound. And we were very privileged to have a visit from Walter Grassi and Emilio Filippucci from Yezi in Ancona, who really at that time, from my perspective, I'm sure there were lots of other people doing it, um, were kind of the doyens of uh, musculoskeletal ultrasound. So we tried to engage our radiology colleagues um, and they were a bit sceptical about rheumatologists being able to do ultrasound. So initially we didn't get a lot of support there. But through bringing uh, experts over, and we spent several weeks training with them, 
And then each of us went over and spent a week in, in Niesi. And that was a really seminal experience. Certainly showed me how little anatomy I knew. Uh, and again, it was all about coming back and practicing. Uh, we didn't have particularly expensive machines. Uh, we had one machine that we all used uh, and we would go and spend maybe an afternoon together looking at joints. We went on a number of BSR and European courses and we did a couple of exams, which was a bit scary. Um, but you don't have to do that, but it was a good way to focus your mind. Uh, I've had a couple of colleagues who became a bit disappointed and said, you know, I went on a course and came back and I still didn't feel very confident in musculoskeletal ultrasound. And you're never going to be confident after doing a course. The course shows you how to do it. And then your job is to go home and practice. Yeah, so it's all about um, practical experience is one of the key messages, but also learning your anatomy. Um, courses can be helpful, but you must get the practice and exposure to um, to really move forward with it. Thank you. That That's really helpful to know that. And Dr. McKinley, would you like to talk through some of the process maybe involved in setting up a ultrasound service as, as part of the routine clinical practice that they have there with yourselves in, in Belfast? Yeah, absolutely. So I think like Dr. Rooney has alluded to, um, you know, it's really you, it's really easy to do this as part of your daily practice, but it does require a lot of thinking and preparation. And I suppose the first bit is probably about how or what type of equipment are you going to use? And I think that can be really daunting because there's lots of different types of machines out there um, and it can appear very techy or tech heavy. Um, so I think you need to think about your equipment. So what type of machine will you have? We're very fortunate we have two machines. So we have a small portable machine um, that we can take to theatre to do joint injections with and also take to other centres or other areas of the hospital if you need to scan um, our children and young people. And then we also have a larger machine that we use and we have in the clinical setting. So you need to just think about the type of machine that you that you will have and that you will use. And I suppose thinking about the machine in detail, then you need to think about image resolution and quality, the size of that machine you will use. And I think the two important things then to think about for a novice are things like transducer types. And also if there must be a power Doppler option for a paediatric rheumatology um, ultrasound machine. So with regards to transducer types, there's lots of different types, but you would re you really need a linear transducer that would cover like a medium to high frequency. Um, and then once you go into lots of different types of machines, you, you can get lots of different probes and things like that. But it would be really important to have a linear transducer and then some other probes are more curved in nature and you can see different frequencies or you can even have hockey stick probes for smaller joints but it all very much depends on your budget um, and whether you're starting out as a novice ultrasounder or whether you're a bit more experienced and then I think other what you must have and uh, most machines will obviously have this but for paediatric rheumatology it would be really important that there's colour or a power Doppler option and I think that's probably a minimum standard of quality and that then really allows you to detect some increased blood flow um, and that's a really important sign of inflammation and that can be really important then when you're honing in into your region of interest um, so that that is important and I think that that's really needed. So um, I suppose the, the more money you have, um, probably the more um, different bits you can get on the machine. 
Um, but I think they're important things to think about initially, um, and that will then feed into your image resolution and the quality of the image that you can have. And then for those maybe going to into research or if you're going to use your ultrasound machine for more complex indications, then you may use a larger or a more higher end system. And I suppose practically in our clinic in Belfast, like Dr. Rooney said, we scan every patient. So we keep the ultrasound machine beside the bedside and then the patient is scanned on the bed. Um, so that that allows, I think, the patient to really easily be scanned. You can access any joint that you need to access in their upper or their lower limbs. And it means practically um, it, it, it's an easy technique then to do or makes that more easy to do. If I, if I could just come in there, you were talking there about the drawbacks of certain joints. The wrist, I think, is a very good example uh, of where you need to really understand your anatomy and particularly the growth changes that occur. So in a very young child, the wrist appears almost entirely cartilaginous. So there there are no bone um, bony joints that you can actually visualize easily. So you're very much dependent, uh, I think, on power doppler to identify when there's increased blood flow but again compared to adults children do have quite vascular joints they have a lot of nutrient arteries particularly around growth plates so you need to be aware and, and have, uh, practice looking at normal joints in different age groups so the 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 wrist of a two-year-old is very different from the wrist of a six-year-old so again uh it's really important that people don't uh, overdiagnose and that they practice looking at healthy joints at different age groups. And as Dervla says, Pardopper is a very powerful tool. But again, you need to know what you're looking at. You need to know your anatomy and you need to know your developmental anatomy. Yeah, absolutely. That's particularly useful. Thank you. All those nuggets of, of experience coming in there. Thank you. Um, so, Dr. McKenna, what would your advice be to a trainee or consultant who would like to improve their exposure now that they've heard how great ultrasound is? What would be their next steps? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, David. And I think sometimes exposure or how do I go about this um, is probably a real stumbling block for lots of people starting out um, in ultrasound and paediatric rheumatology. Um, we've been obviously really fortunate in Belfast that we've had an excellent teacher and obviously um, it can be different then in different areas where you work. But I do think so starting with adult colleagues, so a lot of our adult colleagues do routinely do ultrasound in their outpatient paediatric rheumatology clinic. So I think you can most definitely um, approach our adult rheumatology colleagues and, you know, ask to come to their clinic or ask to come to some of their ultrasound clinics and start to learn from them. Uh, as Dr. Rooney has highlighted, there are lots of differences. So I, you'll not be a competent paediatric rheumatology ultrasound scanner if you just attend adult clinics but I think it's a really good way to start a good way to even become familiar with machines learn how the machine works and get some of the basics of scanning joints although then we you then have to think about the nuances like we've discussed about the developmental stages of children and how the paediatric skeleton is different other helpful people in the hospital can often be radiologists. So very often some they are expertly skilled um, in doing paediatric ultrasound. So I think they're really good people to approach as well um, and see if they're interested in teaching or if they're doing MSK lists, if you can go with them and learn that way to, for a more practical element. Um, 
courses wise, there there are some really good resources out there. So I know that ULAR do a good, you know, e-learning adult course, but they also do some regular paediatric courses throughout the year as well, largely in Europe. So they are really useful and really good resources. And there's there's a couple of good resources online. So there's a, a paid MUS ebook which um is done uh, has been compiled by our Italian colleagues, I think. And that's actually it's a great a resource that takes you through a bit about like technical aspects, paediatric aspects, then some guide to scanning regions. Um, and then the, interestingly, they offer a little bit about reporting and scoring which is really interesting because I think our adult colleagues have very fixed definitions for reporting and scoring, and we certainly do have some in paediatrics, but they're not fixed. So I think they're really helpful as well. And then, like Dr. Rooney had said before, I think it's about using a machine and just practicing all the time out with clinic, definitely. But also every single patient you see, do you know, even whenever you think that you examine the knee and it examines really normally, it's really nice to scan that knee and it can be done relatively quickly. But it's it's that practice constantly. And then it's the pattern recognition, isn't it? Do you know, from the planes that you should or how you technically should be scanning to what a two year old knee looks like normally to what an active knee looks like in a two-year-old and so on up through the years. So I think, yeah, there's some things you can use. And then obviously there are some centres like within the UK and within Europe that use ultrasound really regularly. And um, if you ever have the opportunity, I think going and spending time with those centres is really helpful um, because then that's hands-on clinical exposure within the paediatric world um, in bedside ultrasound. So I think there's some things to definitely think about, but most definitely learning your anatomy going through your anatomy seeing what these pictures look like and it practicing at every opportunity nearly every time you see the patients I think is really helpful. Thank you that's fantastic um, and Dr Rooney have you anything to add there in terms of further learning resources? Well not so much from a learning point I mean, learning we could we could spend hours talking about learning because as I say, it's not a matter of just lifting up a, a probe and putting it on you have to understand the, the basics of ultrasound I don't when we started out we learned an awful lot of the technology behind it which I think can be a bit daunting I'm not sure really as as if you like jobbing uh, uh, pediatric uh, rheumatology ultrasonographers we need to know the absolute minutiae of it but you certainly need to know uh, how ultrasound works uh, so that you can understand the limitations things like an isotropy if you don't angle the probe correctly how you can get images that look like um, um, uh, hypoechoic areas or effusions when they're not so understanding you know uh, the actual basics of ultrasound I think is is really uh, important but you don't need to know the 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 level of detail that perhaps uh, a radiologist might need to know one of the just thinking about this there there are vast numbers of other useful things that ultrasound can be used for you know, even for example, from the diagnostic point of view, has a child got oligoarticular disease or polyarticular disease? If you see a swollen, what you think is a swollen ankle joint, and it turns out to be a tendon sheath, that's really not filled in in anybody's criteria. It's not a joint. So are there some children that we're diagnosing as having polyarticular disease when actually they're an oligo or vice versa? Uh, and certainly around the ankle joint, it's, it's the one joint that I have found ultrasound particularly useful for, particularly when you're going to treat it, uh, that you discover that most of the pathology is within the tendon sheath, not within the main ankle joint, or all are involved 
uh, or sometimes nominal involved. Things like a patellar tap, which we were always taught is a very useful sign for an effusion in a joint. In an obese child can be very misleading because you can get a patellar tap that's due to the fat pad uh, um, going in uh, underneath the patella. Uh, and then you scan the joint and there's absolutely no fluid there at all. Uh, and it's really due to fatty tissue. So I think some of the, the clinical skills that we learned, we have to challenge uh, once you've used ultrasound, which I think is very valuable. I'm sure it was another additional use of it. Oh, it's really interesting and helpful. Thank you. So finally, I suppose just to wrap things up today for our listeners, um, what are the key tech home messages uh, that we would like to uh, take away from today? Uh, well, from my point of view, and I admit I'm a bit like Walter Grassi now. I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a zealot as far as ultrasound goes. Um, I think it's a fantastic tool, and I really would say, and I'm sure there's lots of people out there who would challenge me in this. I really do not think you can examine um, children for a musculoskeletal disease without using ultrasound. Uh, I think it's an absolutely basic tool for any. Uh, uh, Pediatric rheumatologist in, in this day and age, I think it's it's a, a vital tool. It gives vital information. It gives it in real time. It means that you do not have to send the child off to get scanned somewhere else. Certainly the way the NHS is at the minute is becoming increasingly difficult to get uh, imaging done in a timely fashion. We can see a child at a clinic with a painful joint and scan that joint at the same time and, and correlate the clinic and um, uh, clinical findings and the child's symptoms with the uh, ultrasonographic findings. And I think that, I personally think it's invaluable. It has completely changed the way that I inject joints. Um, so from that point of view, it's in the management of it. And I think it's particularly useful in reassuring parents who are concerned that there's some nasty disease going on within the child's joints to be able to show them the images of inside the child's joints. And for many parents, that's extremely reassuring. Thank you, Dr. Rooney, for um, those final comments there on, on key tech home messages. And Dr. McKenna, is there anything you'd like to add there further for our listeners today to take away from today's podcast? Yes, so I do think the use of bedside ultrasounds in paediatric rheumatology is a well-tolerated procedure and can allow you to assess multiple joints at any one time. Another concept that I think is very vital to point out is I do think the children and the young people love to see that visual illustration of what the ultrasound looks like on the screen. Um, and as a clinician, you can then point out to them exactly what you're seeing. So you can point out the activity to them in the joint itself, or you can explain why you think um, the joint looks normal. And I, I, I think it then allows the children, patients and parents then to sometimes have a little bit more of a, a better concept or explanation of uh, what we see and what we're trying to treat. And I think it also then helps to lend itself to support some better interaction, both with the patient and the parent. Um, and it's a, a different way of communicating with the child and their parent as well. And I, I find that really useful in clinic. Um, and I, I like to think the parents and the patients get a lot from it too. And it, it would be very common. I feel that the patients and parents at the end of the clinic visit would say, oh, it's really nice to have the reassurance on ultrasound scan, or it's been really lovely to see that image on the scan. Um, so that's what I feel from clinical practice. Um, that's nice to see day to day as well. 
it adds further to the satisfaction of our patients and their families and and that's really difficult to beat really hard to beat so yeah definitely and it also can be very useful particularly for parents who are concerned about children starting methotrexate or a biologic and have anxieties about these drugs and they're not sure how effective they are it's, it could be really useful to show them the images that you took prior to starting the the prior to starting methotrexate or the biologic and to show them the reduction in power doppler or the disappearance of an effusion uh, that can be extremely useful and i think as we get more and more colleagues interested in uh, musculoskeletal ultrasound uh, there's a huge opportunity for clinical research in this field and for us to really move the management of our children on and to that end uh, we would be very happy in belfast if there are any um, young trainees out there or uh, full-blown full consultants who are interested in uh, coming along and spending some time with us, we would be very delighted to have you uh, in our unit. That's a fantastic opportunity there and I, I'm sure the BSR will be able to put anyone interested um, in contact with yourselves. So thank you both very much for joining us today. That was a really insightful um, podcast into ultrasound. And I'd like, just like to thank our listeners today for joining us as well. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to Talking Rheumatology Spotlight, brought to you by BSR. Please do rate, share and subscribe through your favourite podcast app.